Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. <laughs> Michael Savage. That's me, of course. I just like the dramatic 1940s movie music to open the show. We're all, of course, waiting for the nation to reopen. We're hoping that the sunlight brings sunlight to America. And we could talk about anything today. I have something I'm going to talk with you about that I think is important, which is vitamin D. Because many people are self-medicating with vitamins now. And they're reading stuff on the Internet and they're thinking that they became experts in medicine and science and nutrition. That's fine. It's good to self-teach. But uh, I want to talk about vitamin D because I've been asked about it. I don't take vitamin D. I've avoided it like the plague because it acts like a hormone in the body. And I've told you that. However, I want to go back for a moment and tell you that, yes, vitamin D is crucial to activating immune defenses. It was found back in 2010 Uh, that without sufficient intake of vitamin D, the killer cells of the immune system, that is T-cells, will not be able to react to and fight off serious infections in the body. And it was found at the University of Copenhagen in in 2010 that T-cells first search for vitamin D in order to activate, and if they cannot find enough of it, will not complete the activation process. So what does that mean for you? It means if you are of normal health, Vitamin D is useful, but here is the caveat, which is why I was resistant to giving out advice on taking it. Everything's got to do with dose, number one. I went back to a book I wrote in 1986 called Maximum Immunity, because I wanted to see what I wrote then and see if newer information 
would support my hypothesis or my instructions of being cautious about taking vitamin D. Well, I'm going to read this to you. It's a short piece, and I want you to understand the bottom line here. You want to hear the bottom line? Here's the bottom line. It's very important you hear this. Are you ready for it? Which is this. If you are a person who already has a suppressed immune system, it would be unwise to take vitamin D supplements. That was in my book in 1986, uh, I guess. For people who already have suppressed immune systems, it would be unwise to take vitamin D supplements because it has immunosuppressive effects. It has immunosuppressive effects because it has the structure of a steroid hormone. You understand that? Now, you know that other steroid hormones, such as corticosteroids, pro progesterone, are also immunosuppressive. Now, vitamin D has many essential functions. Don't get me wrong. But if you have a suppressed immune system, meaning you're fighting RA or lupus or some other horrible autoimmune disease, it is unwise for you to take vitamin D supplements. It's important for you to know that. Now, you can get your vitamin D from sunshine. Many of us avoid sunshine for fear we're going to get skin cancer, right? So we're in a, in a trap here. Everything has got to do with moderation, right? Also, as I recall, I wrote this. Excess vitamin D may also promote the creation of harmful calcium deposits in the blood vessels. So what do you do? Well, there are natural sources of vitamin D besides sunlight, egg yolk, organ meats, bone meal, and fish. What is the proper supplement range for healthy people? 50 to 500 IUs, no more. One cup of milk contains 100 IUs of calciferol. Caution again, vitamin D supplementation is not recommended for people with reduced immune functioning. That is what I wrote in my book, Maximum Immunity, which was published in 1986. And I believe the information is very important for you, and it's why... I have said on this radio program in the past when people ask me and on social media what I think about vitamin D supplements, I said, slow down, be a little cautious about it. Yes, vitamin D is crucial to activating immune defense. I said that. However, if you have an autoimmune disease or immune suppression in any other way, do not take vitamin D supplements. It's as clear as a bell. It's something I know a lot about. Now, I don't want any questions on vitamin D. I've given you a full couple of paragraphs on it. That's enough. There are so many other topics that I would like to talk about, and many of them can be found in the news around the nation. The Senate coronavirus stimulus package, another boondoggle in many cases. Let me ask you, is anyone listening to the Savage Nation today? Have you received any government money yet for your business? Has anyone gotten dime number one? It's a huge, huge scandal, by the way. Topic number two. I hear there's a lot of craziness in the marketplaces. Have you been confronted or uh, encountered any insanity in the supermarkets? I have. Number three, have you noticed any food shortages in the market? Number four, great books of America. Remember on the last show I did on Wednesday, I talked about books that influenced me and what I loved. I thought we would do it again. Topic number five, FDA just issued a warning on hydroxychloroquine after serious poisoning and death reported. Hush, hush, don't tell Rush. Uh, topic number six, 66% of homeless in San Francisco test positive for the, for the virus. I warned you from the beginning, you have to quarantine them first. Had Governor Newsom listened to me, had President Trump listened to me, had Anthony Slouchy listened to me, 
and started by quarantining those populations at highest risk. This dreadful and dread, dreaded and killer virus would have a much lower um, incidence and a much lower rate of occurrence in this country. But no one listened to me because I'm merely a talk show host. But what if I know more about certain subjects than the so-called experts? What if I'm a bigger expert and have more common sense than some of them do? Well, what's the good of it? The answer is, that's why I do my radio show. I've told you that. I consider this radio show a public service. People have asked me, why do you keep doing it? I said, because in these times that we are in, it's very hard to get good information. Many people are talking out of both sides of their mouth. Many people don't know anything about the subject. And yet bluster as though they're experts uh, on medicines, to uh, treat it and on epidemiology when they never went to college. I've never heard anything like this. So I feel I'm performing a public service as I just did with vitamin D. And we can talk about these other topics, if you like, on a light note, on a heavy note. Uh, People walking with masks and fresh air, complete stupidity. Uh, I cannot believe what I see here in the San Francisco area. Now, look, if you're in a crowded situation and you want to prevent the spread of the disease from you to them, Wear a mask. It doesn't really prevent the virus from affecting you. But I see people. I almost judge how stupid people are by whether they wear masks while out walking. And I mean walking in the suburbs where there's nobody around. If I see people wearing a mask and I know them, I never talk to them again. Like if I see a neighbor with a mask, I say, dummy, I don't want to I don't even say hello to them. Why do I not want to say hello to them? Why? Why? Uh, Let's start with the basics. Let's start with the basics. Let's go back. They're walking around with a mask in a clean, beautiful, pristine area, and there's nobody around them. And I think we can all agree that's total insanity. These people don't even know what the germ theory of disease is. They have no idea that they can't get it just walking around in the outdoors. You can laugh at them if you want, but it's very sad. And it also shows you what sheeple are and how easy they can be, uh, let's say, panicked into doing things that are so stupid. And uh, I don't think the government's doing anyone a favor by not tamping down the panic and the fear. We have to go back to the basics, to the beginnings. Have you heard of Lister? Have you heard of Louis Pasteur? Have you heard of the germ theory of disease? No, many of you have not. You get all, all of your health information from television. Or from the internet. Many of you haven't even had the basics in, in, in disease theory. And many of you are still functioning as though you believe in miasmas, meaning bad air, that disease <laughs> is caused by miasmas or bad air. That goes back to, I say, the pre-1600s. Uh, many of you never heard of Leeuwenhoek. Leeuwenhoek was the, one of the first to use a microscope to see the, the microorganisms that were causing disease. Many of you are pre-Leeuwenhoek. Uh, and unfortunately... Uh, many people in the media are pre-Lewinhook, and they're disseminating, I would say, mass hysteria. Idiots walking around with masks in the fresh air away from people. Never heard of Lewinhook's cell theory, 1678. Never heard of Louis Pasteur, Lister, Koch, germ theory of disease. You still believe in the miasma theory of disease or bad air? Now you know why the useful idiots are so easily gulled by the government. This is the Savage Nation. Those are the topics. Let's have the opening music again. I want to take some calls before the break. Again, we can talk about any subject you want. Uh, vitamin D, the miasmas, food getting scarce in your neighborhood. 
Have you run into any crazy people at the market? Uh, what books and entertainment do you want me to talk about? Savage right again, FDA issues warning on hydroxychloroquine after serious poisoning and death reported. It's not that I'm happy to report that, but you know I'm a human being. Do you know a human being that doesn't like to be confirmed and vindicated? Have you met a human being yet who doesn't enjoy being vindicated when they've been attacked over and over and over again? Have you met a person yet who doesn't like to be vindicated when they've been attacked over and over and over again? I haven't met one yet. I'm a human being, and as a human being, I'm proud to tell you I was right. And those touting hydroxychloroquine were causing grave damage to the populations that believe in them. Okay? San Mateo, Kurt is the first caller on the topic of money. Kurt, have you gotten any money from big government? No. Uh, obviously, obviously, you applied for an SBA? I did that, and I also applied for the PPP with three banks. And I have several accounts at Chase, several accounts at Wells, and several accounts at U.S. Bank. And what, what have the banks said to you, Kurt? Nothing. Pretty nothing. nothing. So in other words, unless the banks are being smeared off by someone, they're not giving a loan? Uh, apparently so. I just So you literally have to bribe a banker to get a loan out of the SBA? I mean, I'm jumping to a conclusion that may be correct. Who is getting the damn money? I don't know. Uh, well, Ruth's Chris, Chris Steakhouse got it. Chris. Harvard. Wait, Harvard got it. They're returning it. Ruth's Chris got it. Uh, they're returning it. Obviously, they hired a lobbyist, which is nothing but a, a briber. What is a lobbyist but a bribester? I, I agree. I, a- ask Nancy Pelosi. Isn't Nancy Pelosi a congresswoman? Maybe your Miss Ice Cream can get can get you the loan if you smear her a little money. Maybe if you promise her a couple of caseloads of ice cream through the back off the back of the truck, you'll get the loan. Yeah. All right. Look, this is not a funny story. This is a horrible tragedy. You know, there's always been corruption in this nation from the beginning. All nations are corrupt. And now that there's so much money being printed, the corruption is at a higher level than it's ever been. So you talk about people not getting SBA loans while big corporations jumped in and stole the money. I was pr- I was happy to read this morning that the gangsters in the hedge funds were specifically written out of the latest round of uh, of uh, printed money because the gangsters were going to go in and try and get the money for their hedge funds and they were specifically written out of it. But when do they stop printing the money? They're going to do another round after this to smear off more of the, of, the, of the people out there who are contributing to the campaigns? Republican and Democrat alike, this is a bipartisan uh, corruption like I've never seen in my life. Never. Have you ever seen corruption like this where guys and women and businesses can't get any money while big corporations who know how to work the system and hire lobbyists get the money? Have you ever seen anything like this in your whole life? You probably ignored it. You probably paid no attention to it. You were too busy making a living, running your business, taking care of your family, and you knew that people were corrupt. You didn't want anything to do with it. But now that your your business has stopped working, uh, society's closed down, the government comes up with a loan program and you can't get any of the money. Why? Why is that acceptable? Can you explain that to me? Also, the other topics. And uh, is food getting scarce? I haven't seen any scarceness yet. 
In fact, uh, yesterday, I've been getting fresh fish every day, and I figured out why I'm getting better fresh fish than I've ever had in my life. You know, the, uh, the last time I got fish this fresh was in 1973 when I was living in Marblehead, Massachusetts. I was there for the winter at the Harvard Botanical Museum working on my collections, and I was living in Marblehead and commuting, and it was, it was a fresh fish market in Marblehead. And I, I was really healthy. I weighed 135 pounds, low cholesterol, blah, blah, blah. But of course, I was younger. I was more active as well. But I was eating fish every day. Well, now let's fast forward. You can't get really good fish in the markets generally. But now the fresh, the fresh is fish. Now the fish is fresh because the poor fishermen can't sell to the restaurants. So we're now getting sushi grade fish in the supermarkets where I live. That's why it's better fish. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Look, this is a very serious time that we're living in. We're not just witnessing the spread of coronavirus. We're seeing the spread of fear. And it's driving the markets down and demand for basic necessities through the roof. According to my Patriot Supply, they have older customers with health conditions who are petrified to go out, who are living off their emergency food supply. Others are under self-quarantine and some just don't want to face the mob for a loaf of bread. Would you please go to preparewithsavage.com right now? And please, when you go to preparewithsavage.com, reserve your two- or four-week emergency food kit right now. These meals include breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they can last up to 25 years in storage, so you're always prepared. I've been telling you about my Patriot Supply for a long time, and they've been working around the clock to keep up with your orders. The current wait for you is now 8 to 12 weeks because the demand for their supplies has been 80 times normal. 80 times normal. We have no idea how long this crisis will last. So it's very important to be self-reliant, and it's not too late to do it now. You're going to have to wait 8 to 12 weeks anyway, so get online. Preparewithsavage.com. Please do it now. Please do it now. Preparewithsavage.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. All right, there is no such thing. Uh, shut up. There is no such thing as a free lunch. No such thing as a free lunch. And uh, Trump and the Fed, the Dems, all together, in just a few weeks, printed nearly $2.5 trillion out of thin air to uh, make believe there's a free lunch. And we can borrow like there's no tomorrow. And many of you are saying, I know that, but I want my piece of it because I'm going to go bankrupt. I understand that. So we got a real conundrum here, and we haven't paid the piper yet. But I asked you if you got any of the money. Some of you are calling with yes. Some of you would no. Patrick is a fisherman up in Santa Rosa, and I want to hear from him. Patrick, did you get any money from them? Anything? I haven't got any money, Savage. Uh, you're an actual commercial fisherman? I'm an actual commercial fisherman. I fish out of Bodega. And, uh, you know, the whole thing is, I'm looking at the numbers here in Sonoma County, and it's like there's 200 cases of coronavirus. There's 500,000 people in Sonoma County. And I'm wondering why... 
you know, they're about the most fascistic of the Bay Area, Sonoma. Napa reopened partially. The fascists who run Sonoma are forcing people to stay in their houses. The liberal fascists who run Sonoma, they've always been fascistic, uh, are finding people a thousand dollars if they walk away from their house on a walk. The little petty fascists in Sonoma literally need to be confronted and they need to be put in prison for what they're doing to people. I'm telling you, this is out of control. Are they letting you fish? They are going to let us fish, and it's a necessity, but there's no market. All the restaurants are shut down. You know? Right, so do you, do you sell to the markets? Like, I'm getting good Ling Cod, for example, in, in Nugget Market. Where do you sell the fish? You sell the fish to local markets. You know, a lot of restaurants. And right now, it's like, there's no, but there's no market. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Anyone who's an optimist right now is a fool. No, things will never come back like they were. They can't. And we haven't even begun to see the devastating effects of the lockdowns, the businesses closing, the corruption, the printing of money. <clears throat> we're at ground zero. But as you know, the further out you get from the bomb, the blast, we haven't seen the effects yet. So get ready for a very rough ride. And uh, I'm concerned now with you out there who own small businesses who have not been able to get dollar one from the government. It was there. Where's all the trillion? Three and a half trillion dollars by the corrupt federal government printed two and a half trillion dollars out of thin air to buy these bonds. And everyone in Washington is running around pretending like there's a free lunch and they can borrow as though there is no tomorrow. It will destroy the basis of the entire financial system because it's totally fraudulent. It is fraud on a massive scale. Fraud on a massive scale. And that is why Pelosi and the Republicans together are happy now because they finally have what they want, which is unlimited corruption, unlimited printing of money, unlimited grabbing, unlimited grabbing. And the people who's actually getting the money? We saw the scandal of last week, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse to name one, Shake Shack number two, using a trick, saying although it was named for the small business with a certain number of employees, each of their restaurants had that fewer than those employees, so collectively they're going to take the money. Harvard getting the money, Stanford or whoever getting the money. Are you getting the money? Did you get the money? Or how about the crazy people confronting you? Any of those crazy stories? Harvey and Petaluma, welcome. Tell us the crazy, crazy person story. Hi, Michael. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, you know, last week, uh, my wife and I were at Schollenberger Park in Petaluma. We've been walking there for the last 27 years. It's a wetland, two-mile loop around it. So anyway, they do have it uh, cordoned off. It says, uh, you know, park closed. It's been like that. People are still using it, though. My wife were there last week. We get done with our walk. We're back at the car. I'm getting in the driver's side. My wife is approached by this woman on the other side. She's all by herself. She's got some dog. She's walking. She walks up to my wife and she goes, I can hear her. She goes, did you just walk in the park? My wife goes, yes. She goes, do you feel like you're privileged? And my wife looks at her and goes, yes. And the lady goes, you know, it's closed. We're all abiding by the rules, but people like you aren't. And well, this is where the this is where the fascism 
is being seen. It's mainly amongst liberal controllers of the type I have confronted my entire life and have been confronted by my entire life. The, it's coming out of them right now. You could see it seeping out of the controllers right now. Oh, yeah. First of all, it's not her God. It's not her damn business. I would tell her to get the hell away from me before something bad happens. Just get away from me. Get the hell out of here, fascist. Go, go live in China where you belong. The next time a woman does that, call her a China queen and get, get out of your face. I don't know what else to say, Harvey. I'm a militant person when confronted. I'm a peaceful person when left alone. I don't like being told what to do by anybody. I've been a rebel all my life. And when some stranger tries to tell me what to do, especially one of those liberal women, forget about it. Well, what did you do? I guess you just left. You were smart, right? Well, she walks. So she walks to the back of my car and takes a picture of my license. Oh, my God. I'm what a little Nazi. I'm looking in my rearview mirror. She's taking a picture of my license. So then she walks on my side of the car. It's a good thing my wife was there. I leaned out the window and I said, have a nice day, busybody. And then she goes off. And then I start going off. And then I just go, oh, I, I you know, I want what you what you should do with these women who do this is take a picture of them taking a picture of you and tell them you're reporting them to the proper authorities uh, for whatever you want to say. They're not immune to this. And by the way, the authorities themselves are the problem. You live in one of the worst places in America for uh, liberal fascism. I know I know I know the area very well. The people are being manipulated by the liberal politicians in the worst way in America. The more liberal the district, the more draconian the lockdown laws the more fascistic the, uh, the uh, politicians are. Harvey, look at San Francisco. You take a mayor who no one ever heard of. She was invented, picked out of the air. No qualifications whatsoever. They pick somebody out of the gutter, virtually out of the air. They make her a mayor. This woman has more power than she's ever dreamed of in her life, and she's abusing it. How does she have so much power over a whole city like that? How does she have the power to tell people to destroy their businesses, not go to work, don't walk in the, in, the, in the marina, don't walk in the Presidio? Who gave her that power? She took it, Harvey. This is how fascism arrives in a nation. It doesn't arrive slowly. It literally arrives overnight. Harvey, I'm sorry to hear that story. 855-407-282. San Francisco, Freddie calling from ground zero of evil. Freddie, tell us your story, please. Well, you know, I walk every day for my exercise because my mom was a ballet dancer in the suburbs in Daly City, California. And I walk without a mask. I'm not going to walk with a mask. And now everybody's got a mask except for me. So they go on the other side of the street. Good, good. Well, it's a good way to avoid the, the toxins of liberalism. Yeah, no, I know. See, now you won't have to breathe in their air and you won't get infected with the liberal virus. No, I tell them, but they look at me like I'm a monster, but they won't say anything to me because I collect money for a living. And the way I look, they're not even going to say a word. To me. <laughs> oh, oh you're, you're a collector from the old school, huh? Yeah, my father was in the movies and my mother was a dancer and she was 30 years younger. And they Ooh, sounds like a hot marriage. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you this. So you remember what I'm saying, because my mother wanted me to tell you this for years, but she died. So I'm going to tell you, I was brought up to always say the peasant Avanti got their hands in our pockets. Well, they got, our hand, they got their hands in our pockets now. The peasant Avanti, the politicians, worth $1.90. Right out of the Godfather, the peasant Avanti, right, the 90 caliber ones. Yeah, that's it, you have it. So, listen, she, she listened to you for a million years. Oh. I listened to you. 
I came from a very independent family. Just keep doing what you're doing because you're more brilliant than anybody else I listen Freddie, to. Freddie, how, how old was your mom when she went to heaven? Wait, say that again? How old was your mom when she went to heaven? If I tell you that, Dr. Savage, she'll kill us both. What, is she still living? Full ballet dancer. And she would never tell us our age. So just let's say she was 69, but she was a lot older. But she wouldn't admit it, and she didn't look it. But did she? has she passed away, Freddie? Yeah, she passed away. She passed away six years ago. Well, it's a loss. My mom passed in, in the, God, I never forgot. I used, you know that some days to this day, after all the years, I want to pick up the phone and call her? Yeah, I want to call her, too. When I get the, when, you know when you get the phone call from the blank call? I always think it's her saying hello. You know, you it's sad. It's up. sad. No, we never, ever forget our parents, nor should we, by the way. No, my parents were great. Listen, I never needed a birthday present or a Christmas present because I got my parents and I got the life I got. Well, Freddie, keep on not wearing that mask and let those who look at you the wrong way uh, do what they have to do. Okay, well, they'll run down the street if I say anything to them. So you keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Freddie sounds like my kind of guy. I give everyone a New York cheer if they look at me the wrong way. You know, size doesn't really matter. What matters is attitude. Let me tell you that. And so don't don't be intimidated by these nannies, these ninny state nannies. Eh, let them screw themselves. But uh, where are we going to go from here with the money being printed? Who's stealing the money? As the man just said, someone's getting the money. Now, if you think I am alone on the fear of what's coming in this country from this out of control spending. And, you know, you can blame the Democrats and liberals all you want. I'm sorry. Donald Trump needs to stop this right now. Here is former OMB director under Ronald Reagan, David Stockman. He was on Newsmax TV. Here's what he has to say about this printing of money in clip five. The Fed is utterly out of control. It was already. And in the last month and uh, like five weeks, it's printed nearly two and a half trillion of more money right out of thin air to buy these bonds so that everybody in Washington can pretend that there's a free lunch and that we can borrow like there's no tomorrow. Well, uh, you can't do that. It's going to destroy the basis of the entire financial system uh, because it's fraud. It is just flat. That out fraud on a massive scale coming out of the Fed today, which is uh, why the uh, politicians on uh, Capitol Hill think they can uh, spend and borrow and borrow without any uh, yep. consequence. Yep. He, that's David Stockman. Now call him a liberal. Now call him an anti-Trumper. See, if he went on Twitter, the goons who attack me would call him an anti-Trumper, uh, a member of Mossad, whatever they can make up in their mother's basement. Uh, on the drugs that they're on. But um, if you're a fiscal conservative, you have to understand that there's a piper to be paid. Now, having said that, I'm not naive. People are hurting. They need the money. But they're not getting the money. By and large, the money that was supposed to go to the small business owner who was hurting, it's not trickling down to them. It's being siphoned off along the way. And this is the problem right now. And by the way, you don't hear any of this from Bernie Sanders, do you? The big mouth communist from New York. Suddenly he went, he went to radio silent. Where is the loud mouth about the stolen money? Where? He's a member of the Democrat Party. Where do you think they are? They're rolling in, like pigs and you know what. They're rolling in gold, which is why they're all shutting their mouths. How about the half-wit, occasional cortex? Has she said anything about the printing of money? Yeah, she said print more. 
And by the way, give it only to minorities because they've been this, they've been that. It's racism. It's economic racism. So you're not going to get relief on this issue from the liberals. But you would expect somebody to put the brakes on on the fiscal conservative side. Well, David Stockman is one. And worked for Ronald Reagan, too. He has the good credentials. And uh, former OMB director under Reagan, David Stockman, says the fraud that is occurring is on a massive scale and we're going to have to pay the piper for it. Why don't we hear that from Steve Mnuchin? Why don't we hear that from any of the other appointees of Donald Trump? Why don't we hear that from the president himself? Why is he getting along and going along with not big government, but government that is absolutely unsustainable? The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. A question that probably some of you are thinking of if you're totally into that world, which I find to be very interesting. So, supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light, and I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Okay, next, the disinfectant one, Robert, clip three, because everyone's talking about it. I can't avoid it. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or? Almost a cleaning because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's uh, that's pretty powerful. Okay, now you you can avoid talking about the, the Clorox story if you wish. I don't think it's my job to explain why the president said a thing like that you could say he was being sarcastic he was joking i don't actually believe it what i think happened is this a report came out on april 14th from the university of california santa barbara that ultraviolet leds have proven effective in eliminating coronavirus from surfaces and potentially air and water and i would think that 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 study was probably discussed at one of their, you know, war room meetings on the on the virus. And the president, as he does, is a free association thinker and speaker. And he just spoke like that. He's just like musing. Now, of course, you can't drink Clorox without dying. Uh, the wife of uh, Frito's Frito's wife, another idiot says she bathes in Clorox or chlorine, Clorox in the bathtub. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are trying crackpot theories. Apparently, some of the crackpot theories have seeped into the White House briefing room. And unfortunately, the president spoke without thinking about this. That's my take on it. The Westwood One Podcast Network. of the spoken word welcome this is a podcast greetings pod recipients you are entering the savage nation read the book see the movie 
Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. And then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute, and is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs so it'd be interesting to check that so that you're gonna have to use medical doctors with but it sounds it sounds interesting to me so we'll see but the whole concept of the light the way it kills it in one minute that's uh, that's pretty powerful clarify your comments about injections of disinfectant they're, they're quite no, I was asking a question sarcastically to reporters like you just to see what would happen now disinfectant for doing this maybe on the hands would work and I was asking the question of the gentleman who was there yesterday Bill because when they say that something will last three or four hours or six hours but if the sun is out or if they use disinfectant it goes away in less than a minute did you hear about this yesterday but I was asking a sarcastic and a very sarcastic question to the reporters in the room about disinfectant on the inside. But it does kill it, and it would kill it on the hands, and that would make things much better. That was done in the form of a sarcastic question to the reporters. Okay, well, the, now the circus begins. Did he mean it? Did he make a mistake? Was he being sarcastic? I can't answer for the president. I do know this. These nightly conferences are a mistake. It's inevitable that people are going to say things that are wrong or foolish. The more you talk, uh, being in the talking business, <laughs> the more you talk, uh, the higher the likelihood is that you're going to make an error, especially when you get out of the political world where you can say anything without consequences. You see, in the world of politics, anything can, can be true or false. In the world of science and medicine, and there's a thing called the scientific method. And uh, unless you apply the scientific method to a fact that you want to check, uh, you're not going to know whether it's true or false. So when you apply the scientific method, you can determine whether something, you know, someone defines science as a statement that can be potentially proven wrong. I heard that when I was very young. Science is defined or a scientific statement is defined as something that can be checked out to see if it's wrong. In other words, you can't really test the political science theory and prove it's wrong. You can argue over it forever, as we've been doing. But when it comes to saying that Clorox kills uh, the germ, it does kill the germ. UV light does destroy the uh, uh, coronavirus, but from surfaces and potentially in air and water. And as I said to you, no doubt during one of these lengthy meetings, uh, the president heard about researchers developing ultraviolet LEDs that have the ability to decontaminate surfaces. Uh, air and water that have come in contact with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, okay? And this came out of the UC Santa Barbara Solid State Lighting and Energy Electronics Center and member companies. And they were developing ultraviolet LEDs that have the ability to decontaminate services and potentially air and water that have come in contact with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, COVID-2 COVID virus. However, it's not internal. You don't use it internally. Now, you should know that there's a difference in types of ultraviolet light, since we're talking about this just for 
for, for a moment, a moment. Not all ultraviolet wavelengths are alike. There's UVA, UVB. Those are the types we get a lot of here on Earth, courtesy of the sun. UVA, UVB. They have important uses. But the rare ultraviolet C, UVC, is the ultraviolet light of choice for purifying air and water and for inactivating microbes. These can be generated only by human-made processes, meaning UVC. And that's UVC light in the 260 to 285 nm range. And they're most relevant for current disinfection technologies. But UVC light is very harmful to the skin. Very, very harmful for the skin. And so you don't want to use ultraviolet disinfection lamps to sanitize hands or other areas of the skin. Because even brief exposure to UVC light can cause burns and eye damage, right? And the more we learn about this, the more interesting it becomes. But also you look back on your life on a very personal note. I remember when I was a kid, I had a tanning lamp and I'm talking in the 50s. I don't know where I got it, probably from my father's store. It was probably some junk that somebody put in there. So I took the lamp home and it used to emit a blue light. I'm sure looking back, it was UVC light. And I remember being warned I had to wear uh some kind of black things over my eyes or I could go blind. I did wear I'm sure I damaged my skin. I didn't know any better. A lot of things were done years ago that were ignorant, that we learned are dangerous and ignorant. As today, many things are being done that we will look back upon and realize how ignorant we all were collectively. Uh, the lockdowns, by and large, total ignorance, stupidity, And I called for selective quarantines going back to March. Don't you change the fact of what I said. You can find it in in my writings. Way back in March, I was saying one size does not fit all. That's now being repeated by many people. Way back in March, I said selective quarantines are in order, not a quarantine of an entire city, state, or or, or a nation. I said that then. I say it again. And I still am imploring Governor Newsom to follow that directive. Thus far, I've not been successful. I've asked the president to look into this, going back at least six weeks to people in the inner circle. A little bit of that is seeping up into the the stratosphere of the administration a little bit. And um, we're seeing some openings here and there. But the, the more draconian the measures, the more fascistic the governor is, or the more draconian the measures, the more draconian measures indicate more of a fascistic orientation of the mayor or uh, the governor who would be enacting this. They love the power. Never forget what Lord Acton wrote. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And these petty bureaucrats, and there are many scientists, by the way, involved as well, have never had so much power and they're corrupt. They're corrupted by it. Now, speaking about corruption, we were talking about money. Uh, As you well know, the amount of money being printed is unsustainable. And unfortunately, most of it's not trickling down to the people who need it. And I've asked you to call if you got the money. Some of you say yes. Some of you say no. Uh, Connecticut, Rosie, I'm, I'm glad you're holding on. Rosie, you're a small business owner in Connecticut. Did you get any of the money, the SBA money? I didn't get anything, Dr. Savage. Thank you for taking my call. No, nothing. And did you apply to a bank as you were asked to do, Rosie? I did. I did apply to a bank. And what did the bank say to you? Anything or nothing? Um, they sent me a bunch of information, like I had to send them my tax returns, and I haven't filed them yet, so I didn't have that. Oh, so you were caught in a, in a, in a catch-22. 
Yeah, they said I wasn't eligible. And you know, uh, what, what kind of business do you have, Rosie? Um, I have a fresh juice bar and smoothie shop, and I have some signs in the window that I that just um, reflect the way I feel. I was just at Hartford protesting with like a thousand other people the other. All right, so you you are a conservative in a very liberal state. Do you think that that's why you didn't get the money? Oh my gosh. Um, it's possibly, yeah. Yes, it is possible that one of the petty communist bureaucrats denoted that. Oh, certainly possible. You live in one of the worst states in the country with regard to uh, a fascistic overreach of a government. Terrible, Rosie. Yeah, well, she's not alone, Rosie. Rosie, thank you for calling. On the issue of the next bailout, how much money can this government print until the people say enough is enough? Now, the fact is, is we don't have the time for this argument. People are hurting. The fisherman who called is hurting. The juice bar woman who called is hurting. They don't have the time to have an esoteric argument about whether the government should print money. They want a handout now. And they need a bailout now. They don't need it tomorrow. They don't have the time for a discussion, an esoteric discussion. They need the damn money right now or they're going to wind up in the poorhouse and broke, which is one and the same thing. And they're not getting it. And uh, that's the question right now. Where is the money going to come from? Here's another caller, Jack in Northern California. He is a logger. You never heard from a logger, did you, nationally? Well, Jack, you're a logger up in Northern California. How are you faring? I haul logs. I'm an independent contractor. I don't expect to get a check from the stimulus because I gross too much money, even though my costs are high. And now, where, where, where are you, up in Humboldt County? No, I'm, uh, well, I come out of Plumas County on the eastern side. Uh, near Lake Almanor, if you've heard of it. I have heard of it. I, I'm not that much of a foreigner to the state of California. Well, you need to get out of the Bay Area and come up in my country and see beautiful country. Well, you live in the real California. The rest of us are interlopers. Uh, the real Californians are ranchers, farmers, fishermen, uh, etc. Uh, the fake Californians are the ones who run the state. Yeah, well, we're the, I'm the middleman that delivers the product and from the producer to the mill, you know, and without... Well, oh, you're, the, you're the trucker who takes the finished wood? No, I take the raw material, the logs. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you take the logs to the, to, the, to, the, to the mill that cuts it. Right, correct. And uh, is your business down or is it still functioning? Well, it's functioning. We finally got going again. The weather generally shuts us down when it gets too wet because we can't go out in the woods. But is there still a demand for lumber? Because the building industry is basically shut down in the state of California. Well, they're still shipping a lot of lumber. I mean, not a whole lot. There's a couple mills that are down. But uh, I live near uh, train tracks, and I see a lot of Canadian and Oregon and Washington lumber come through. You know, Jack, I understand that Napa County reopened to building, but Sonoma County, run by the most leftist of all, uh, is keeping people in prison in their houses, Jack. It's very, very regional, and uh, it, it depends upon how left-wing the government is as to whether or not to let people live. Well, the bottom line is I've done a lot of research on laws and stuff. They're in direct violation of their oath of office. Oh, what else is new? What else is new? A politician in direct violation of his or her oath of office? Did 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 Nancy Pelosi uh, ever read her oath of office? Oh, no, I'm sure they don't. They could care less. They think we're pretty low life, you know. 
Well, Jack, listen to me. You are the heart and soul of the state of California, and you represent the best of America. And I'm not just saying it to, you know, make you listen to the show. I know the facts of reality. I, I'm so glad I have listeners like that. That's the truth. It's very ex- exasperating to just sit here and esoterically discuss this without hearing from the people who are actually on the ground who are, you know, needing the money and not getting the money or getting the money. Florida... Eric has something to say about the next round of bailouts for his pension. And we're going to listen to him. I may disagree with him, but we have to hear him. Eric on line six. I, what, what, kind of, what kind of work did you do? Liberalism uh, is a mental disorder and, and the panic book. Okay, I'm going to get to the point. I worked hard for my pension, and, it, and, we, and I had a low salary as a civil service worker. So, the, so that pension was deferred compensation to make up for... All right, so you're saying as a civil service worker, you should get your pension. You, you worked for it. I didn't understand what you said because I was scared because they would have taken my pension away from me. Okay, you're thinking about what I said the other day, right? Yes, on the podcast. Interesting, Eric. Well, I'm hearing from a real man out there. So if you didn't get your pension, you'd be broke, right? Yeah, I couldn't afford anything. Well, I don't think that they're going to cut pensions to to civil servants. I do not think so. But I don't know. I work for- think of the millions of people like you. Think of the cops. Think of the firemen. Uh, think of all the other civil service workers. We, we can't suddenly say you don't deserve your pension. The only question is who's going to pay for it, Eric? That's the problem. I, I don't have an answer for it. I don't, Eric, but I hear you. You know, here's a man. He said, I, mean, I had a small job as a civil servant. I deserve my pension. Can you argue with him? Can you say he shouldn't get his pension? How can you argue that? Most people who are civil servants took the jobs for the pension, for the end of the road. They counted on it. So now what? After 20 years, 25 years, they should get nothing? I don't know where the money is going to come from. This is what I'm asking the, the audience today. Where, Of course he deserves the money. Of course the uh, small business person who can't reopen a restaurant or a coffee shop or a bar should get some help from the government. Who's going to pay for it? Especially when the big guys are getting most of the money. That's the problem here is the money's not going to the small person. It got siphoned off by the people on top. So people will say, what else is new? Well, this is new. It's a new disease. It's a new disease and a new situation. And I think that we need some oversight in this country that we don't have. I think we need a, uh, a czar of the bailouts, which I don't see. Who's the czar? Who's the bailout czar? Who is going to watch the watchers? Who is going to be put in there for us to make sure the money goes to the small guy, not to the uh, big corporations? Who's doing that for us? That's what I want to know. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. We are talking about small businesses. We're talking about the grotesque spending. We're talking about President Trump's statement about uh, irradiation uh, and other topics. And I, I, I can't do it all in one second, but one of my crack researchers, who is a PhD from Stanford, Helen Cunningham, just sent me an article ultraviolet blood irradiation is a time to remember the cure that time forgot it turns out that ultraviolet blood irradiation was extensively used in the 1940s and 50s to treat many diseases including tb pneumonia arthritis asthma and even poliomyelitis and i'm going to post 
the scientific study on UV blood irradiation on michaelsavage.com for you to look at. So the next time the sneering nobodies like Anderson Cooper, who think he's a genius, thinks he's a genius now, laughing at the president, just read this article and understand that actually there is a scientific basis for using UV light to irradiate blood to kill microbes. Okay, it was used before. Maybe he heard about it and thought about using it again, but he didn't articulate it properly and in the right context. So for that, you can fault them and not for the fundamentals of it. And that's the problem here is that people are jumping down everyone else's throat. But I want to talk about the finances, about um, the PPL, the PPP, businesses going bankrupt, uh, your suggestions about where we're going to be in a few years, food getting scarce in some quarters. As you heard, the uh, pork producers want to kill off 200,000 pigs, just slaughter them and bury them. Are you listening to this? We haven't yet seen the detonation. We've heard of the detonation. We haven't seen the effects of the bomb yet. Killing livestock, killing pigs, slaughtering animals like this, and no one's eating them? Do you have any idea what this is going to do to prices downstream? Don't say this is alarmism, please. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Okay, I just sent this medical article to President Trump to the inner circle, ultraviolet blood irradiation is a time to remember the cure that time forgot. And it was published in 2016 in the Journal of Photochemistry and Photobiology. So while the, the, the do-nothing idiots like Anderson Cooper on CNN laugh at the president, he, he didn't state it in an articulate manner about ultraviolet light knocking out the virus. He didn't say it correctly. But he got twisted up a little bit. He shouldn't have talked about it. But in fact, ultraviolet blood irradiation was extensively used in the 40s and 50s to treat many diseases, including polio, tuberculosis, pneumonia. And what he was saying, you know, in his defense is mainly mainly correct. Shining UV light uh, could kill the coronavirus, but he did it in a way that it came out wrong. So, you know, you judge for yourself. The left wing will say he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's crazy. Is he nuts? Maybe he heard about this at one of their meetings because it's in the medical literature. And maybe he's trying to say an older treatment could work right now. Why is that so crazy? So give the man a break and uh, look at the article yourself on the ultraviolet blood irradiation, the cure that time forgot. It's on michaelsavage.com. But I want to go back to the cure that isn't working, which is giving money to the businesses that need it. Let's go to New Jersey where Pete's waiting. Pete, thanks for waiting. What's on your mind? Hey, Dr. Savage. Great to to hear from you. So I'm in corporate finance, alternative finance, and uh, luckily I'm I'm able to work from home now, just processing for different companies. And uh, this whole PPP thing is an unmitigated disaster uh specifically wait hold on now wait i want people to know what you're saying you're, you're actually involved in corporate finance why is this ppp thing failing because there there is no support staff to um run through the applications right so the government's saying apply here and then go to the bank and the bank is then going to process your application the bank on a good day when everybody's in the office and the underwriters are there, maybe we'll get something done in 16 to 20 weeks. <laughs> now, everybody's home. 
they're doing whatever they're doing at home. They're working from home. There's distractions. So who's getting the money? How do they decide who gets the money? It's based upon the underwriters. And the underwriter at that bank, well, you saw what there was a lawsuit filed, I think, last Sunday with Chase and Wells Fargo that said that they were putting preferential treatment to those that they could process the application for that they would get uh, be able to serve ancillary services to and make more money off of. Wait, well, let me see. I follow it. So the underwriter at the bank who decides who gets the money is giving the money to those who they can do later, later do business with? Correct. So how would that work? How would they do business with them? How would they know? How would they know that? So if, if you have a lot of, uh, let's say you have a lot of inventory or you have a lot of AR, accounts receivable, or you have a good collateral pool and you're doing good numbers every single year, you have good top line revenue, uh, good EBITDA, you're then able to get that individual different types of credit facilities. Um, and those facilities will obviously bring in uh, sizable amounts of money to you as a bank. Now, I don't work with the banks. I work specifically. So is this sort of a, 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 a bribery in a way? Is, is it sort of, a, is sort of a type of insider trading? I wouldn't say that. I mean, they're, they're able to, they're, they're going to capitalize. So the bank's for profit, right? They're going to capitalize on what's going to do the best for them. So they're going to want to get... But is that the intent of the program? Wasn't the intent of the program to help those who needed it the most? Yeah, well, that's not happening. No, of course not. Right. Now, do you think that congressmen and assemblymen are intervening in, in the bank's decisions? Uh, I think they're, you know, probably well-connected. And those lobbyists that you're talking about, that mm. there are... are well, I'll tell you this. If I owned a restaurant, let's say I, Michael Savage, had gone in the restaurant business... Mm-hmm. And it was a big part of my income. And now the restaurant's closed here in, in, the, in the San Francisco area. I would try to reach a, a, an assemblyman, a congressperson, and see if I could meet with them and work a deal out where they get me a loan. Wouldn't that be logical? I mean, you could do that for a couple of guys if you're the congressperson or, or, or you're an assemblyman. But, I mean, you're going to do that for everybody? You're going you're gonna to no. have some jo- not, not when you hit with 16,000 or 25,000 applications a day. Correct. So, so it's a me- in other words, it's a mess. There's almost no way to do this logically and, and ethically correct, correctly. I mean, the small business guys are screwed. Hopefully they saved some money. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here in Bergen County in New Jersey. It's a disaster. Uh, you know, I have a, my mom, she's a nurse. She works in the epicenter, which is Holy Name Hospital. Um, you know, even when they say, listen, go back out. Spend- Where is Bergen County? Is that near the Bada Bing? <laughs> yeah, it is actually. <laughs> I know it, right? It wasn't the bottom being in, the, in that county. It is. Can a, stri- can a strip club apply for money? Uh, I think they can. I, I don't see why not. I, think- I guarantee you, the guys who run strip clubs got the money right off the top. I'm, I'm sure they did. I guarantee you, all the guys in the strip business had had a, a way to reach the banks faster than the, the guy running a legitimate coffee shop. Well, they, then they or they go to Brooklyn and they borrow the money on the street. Oh, you don't want to pay that big. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to pay that big. Hey, Pete, I I really appreciate you calling. The reality of your business is so important right now. Now, there are some success stories, and we're going to play some of them as well. Here's a man in a small church who got money from the government. I'd like to hear that. Chris in San Francisco, go ahead. Glad to hear your story. What is it? Hi, Michael. We got the money for the payroll protection right away. No problem. Went to our now, What kind of church do you have? It's a small church here in San Francisco. 
But how did you qualify so quickly? Did anyone shop it through the system for you? No, we just went to the bank, filled out the forms, downloaded them from the website, just like all the... And Chris, how much money did you qualify for? Oh, it wasn't very much, something like $20,000. Yeah, but that'll get you through, what, four months, maybe five months? Yep, yep. Right? So that is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But I'm curious why they picked you to help you. I'm glad they did, but how did you get picked? I don't know. You don't have any contacts. You have no assemblyman, no congressperson. Pelosi didn't help you. You're saying the bank did it on their own? Well, we called two two banks. We called a big bank and our, our, our little bank and the little bank did it all quickly. The big bank didn't even return our emails. But hmm, Maybe that's something that people can learn from. That's what I was thinking. Maybe they should use little banks instead of the big ones. Well, thank you for the positive story. That's nice to hear. Now we'll go to the other side. Santa Rosa. Gary is a roofer. He got nothing. Gary, you applied how long ago? Uh, the day after. You're talking, what, four or five weeks ago? Yep. Okay, and what? who did get the money? Uh, you, well, all the. I heard the first day, a week after that, I heard the first day that a loan officer said, well, I made $130 million on loans, and there's only 13 of them. And I went home to my wife that night and just blew up and said, you know, screw this. We ain't getting Wait a minute, they gave out $130 million in loans to whom? To different to thirteen different people, so they gave what uh, ten million each. Yeah, something like that. And but I, you, you, as a small roofing company, applied and got nothing. And are they, there are there any large wait? Are there any large conglomerates in the roofing business who did get money? No, I haven't heard of anybody yet. So who do you blame for not getting? How, how who do you blame for not? For, for you not getting any money. Who do you lay it on? Well, the first one I laid on was Trump because of the way he laid it out. Because he didn't... I'm sorry, I, I like Trump. I liked him before he ran. But the way this was laid out, it was horrible. Now, yeah. I'm not going to argue with you. You know, I want to hear people's opinions. I don't want to modify what people are saying and then cut you off. I hear you. So I think there's a lot of resentment in the country right now amongst Trump voters who counted on him. And it's, whether it's his fault or not doesn't matter. And I have said this to friends that people want to blame the incumbent for a bad thing in a country. When something goes wrong on a national scale, generally the incumbent gets blamed. That is true in this case as well. It's not that Trump did anything wrong. He's just unlucky at this point. He was there when the virus hit. And they're going to blame the incumbent. That's the truth of the issue. And I'm sorry to hear that. But, you know, you don't want to hear it either. You can call me any name you want, but I know history and I know how things work. When bad things happen on a national scale, the people tend to blame the incumbent, whoever the incumbent happens to be. The good news here is that the opposition is composed of doofuses like, uh, you know, you're going to tell me that people are going to say, well, Trump's the reason this is going so bad badly so i'm going to vote for uh, uh the man who who the invisible man who can't speak i really don't i don't think so and i think a lot depends upon who trump picks as a um a vp candidate no doubt it's going to be pence and who um what's his name whatever his name i can't even remember his name biden picks we know biden is a front man we know biden is fundamentally a, a construct at this point 
And whoever he picks as the woman running mate will determine who the president will be if he should win, because he won't last, what, six months, if that. So if he picks uh, a woman to be his running mate to get the woman vote, my guess is he's going to pick a woman who happens to be not white to be the running mate. And that way he gets a twofer out of it. I'm just speaking on that now. He's going to pick a woman to get the woman vote, and then he's going to pick a, a person of color, so to speak. Uh, uh, I hate to think of myself as a person without color. I got a lot of color recently from all the sunlight we're getting here. Uh, he's going to pick a woman of color, so to speak. So he's going to get the, the uh, non-white vote. He's going to get the woman vote. And unfortunately, whoever that woman is, she's going to be president within a year. Just you better think about that. If you want one of these ninnies, like the types you are seeing now running Washington, D.C., running San Francisco, these nobodies, if you want one of them as president of the United States, go ahead and vote for Biden because he's going to pick one of them as sure as I'm sitting here. Take it any way you want. We don't know what he's liable to do. And uh, now we come back to the ultraviolet blood irradiation story. Again, that's the biggest gaffe of Trump's career, according to the know-nothings in the media. It sounded crazy. But in his own way, what he was trying to say is that UV light does kill the virus, right? So he was trying to figure out how it would work. Now, maybe somebody told him that back in the 40s and 50s, ultraviolet blood irradiation was used to treat many diseases. And I published the article on michaelsavage.com. For those of you who are interested in reading science and want to read about it, ultraviolet blood irradiation is a time to remember the cure that time forgot. And it was published back in 2016 in the Journal of Photochemistry and Photobiology, just so you can see that there was some rationality in President Trump's uh, musings. It didn't come out of the air, okay? So you can't say he's nuts, doesn't know what he's talking about, and become one of the, the idiots like Anderson Cooper mocking him now. First of all, I, I got to say this in the president's defense. I've been pretty neutral over the last few weeks, as you know. After what he has been through for the two years of the false claims against him, could you have taken that? I know I, as a strong man, couldn't have. I would have folded. I would have quit. I wouldn't have been able to take it. So he's made of iron. The man is tough as nails, and we love that about him. Now he goes to India uh, uh, to get after he was vindicated one way or the other from the whole Mueller, the, the whole Russia thing. He comes back from India expecting that he could finally have a smooth sail. And what does he get hit with? Bang, he gets hit with this, the virus. I don't know that anyone's strong enough to take this much pain uh, on a, on a, on a non, nonstop basis. Now, couple that with the fact that he is also a businessman and his children are in business and they also are suffering. Their business is liable to go belly up. How would you feel now if you're the president and the bill is written in such a way that it says no Trump companies can receive any of the money, which you can understand. You don't want any inside money. I mean, I understand that, whoever the president would be. Meanwhile, he's going to see his children go bankrupt now on top of this, on top of the two years of the Mueller. So, look, if it was me advising him, which I'm not, I'd say cut out these conferences every night. This is where the mistakes are made. You can't get up there and speak uh, every night without a script and not make a mistake. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. Here's a shocking story for those of you who are suffering out there and can't get 10, 10, 10 nickels out of the government. Harvard Prof rides 17,000% return 
in a single stock to become a billionaire. I couldn't believe this story. You listening to this? Moderna went public in late 2018, bursting onto the Wall Street scene as the biggest biotech IPO in history. Timothy Springer, a Harvard Medical School professor, saw his stake in the company fatten his bottom line by a whopping $320 million by the end of the trading day. After that, he really got rich. Less than two years later, and the 72-year-old has ridden a 17,000% return on his Moderna shares, which he paid about $5 million for in the company's early stages, into the billionaire club, according to the latest figures from the Bloomberg Billionaires Index. You see, the Cambridge Mass Biotech has jumped 162% this year. You can read the whole story. Now, what is the moral of this story about someone making billions in the midst of the pandemic? Does it mean he's evil? It's an age-old story that even in bad times, some people profit. And they don't profit because you lose. They profit because they bet right or they're lucky. Do you know that as I speak with you, while tens of thousands of people will go bankrupt and businesses will go out of business, there are going to be people who are new billionaires by going into new businesses. What businesses do you think might thrive in the coming months and years uh, during the after effects of uh, this Wuhan virus? There are many, and it's worthy of a discussion. And I'd like to have that with you perhaps next week, God willing. But it is Friday, and here in the San Francisco area, the weather is gorgeous. Uh, Nature is eternal. The birds are singing more loudly than ever. The fish are swimming more swiftly than ever. Everything looks beautiful. Nature is happy. I know it's hard for many of you to be happy, but nature is indifferent to our suffering. Nature is just indifferent to us because we're just part of it. This is the Savage Nation. Thanks for listening. With God's will and your listenership, I shall return. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 